it's Lo, and you're tuned in to Wrestling Windown. On this week's episode, we have a special guest co-host, and we'll be talking about the best moments of Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. We'll also have our word on the street. So grab your glass of wine. We're going in for the three count. Haley is out for a convention this week, so we have a special guest co-host, my cousin, who we've talked about on numerous episodes, the one who dressed up as Velveteen Dream, Dre. Hello, everyone. Hey, uh, Wrestling Windown fans. Glad to be here. Thanks, Lo, for having me. Raw this week, I think everyone was really focused on this whole fallout with Sasha Banks, the blue hair, her attacking Natalia, and then furthermore attacking Becky. What did you think about the interview? I know we were supposed to have... Jerry the King Lawler, which everyone was kind of upset about, and then that ended up not happening. Yeah, I know the big thing everyone is saying, why, Sasha, why? And I think the big thing is, we all know why. It's about the championship gold. That's why she attacked Becky Lynch. And of course, I think it's time for Becky to find some new blood. If you notice, after Extreme Rules, uh, Lacey Evans has been a little bit absent from television. So they're trying to bring in some new competition for her. And uh, the boss has been out of action. You know, however you want to look at it, contract disputes or whatever, maybe just biding her time. Mm -hmm. And she came back with uh, the boss attitude from NXT. Which a lot of people like. Yeah. You know, a lot of people remember her uh, from the early NXT days, one of the four pillars of the four horsewomen when she was uh, the boss and she had a no-nonsense attitude. I remember particularly when she had the match with Bailey and uh, she took uh, super fan Izzy's oh, bow. Oh, God, remember I saw that? that online the other day. Yeah. yeah, you know, and that was that's the boss that a lot of people remember and, and mm-hmm. feel like she was really at her best. And so, uh, you know, Becky Lynch is, is the champ. She's the man. It looks like we're going to have the man versus the boss. I thought it was interesting after the whole interview thing went awry. We didn't know if we were going to see Sasha. They kind of gave us like a bit and then a piece, and then she was at the end and – You know, she had a strong message, and we kind of expected that to be the end for her, for the show, and then we saw her attack Natalia. Yeah. You know, I looked at that. She was pretty vicious in that. I remember watching that segment, and I'm like, Natalia is really trying hard to remember her lines. I'm not sure (laughs) if if you guys really, really noticed that, but... um, It seemed forced. It it seemed very forced. And, you know, she she referenced her dad, you know, most definitely Jim Anvil Nyhart, one of the, the greats. And uh, talked about the emotional moment and then her being injured. Right. But it really came off very wooden to me. Mm -hmm. I really didn't buy the emotion coming out of it. But I did buy that butt whooping that Sasha put on her uh, backstage. And I'm like, wow, that was pretty vicious. What did you think about the comment she made about Natalia's dad? I think it was a little bit too far. However... Mm You know, when they do these promos, I'm very sure Natalia, you know, signed off on it. Right. You know, so she has to sign off on it. You know, I have a little bit of mixed feelings about when they use real tragic uh, things in in people's storylines. But I remember Vince during the Attitude Era going way beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, for some of the listeners out there who remember the Attitude Era and were watching ever since then, you know, you remember the Pillman incident. You remember some other incidents that they use as, as tragedies as part of the storyline. Right. So I really don't put it past Vince uh, to suggest that and, and Natalia saying it's okay. But me personally, sometimes you have to know when far is too far. Right. Do you think we'll see a match between Natalia and Sasha or do you think they're kind of just teasing it just to get 
Sasha a little bit more of a reaction as a heel before she faces off against Becky. Yeah, I think we might see that. I actually think we'll probably see a Natalia versus Sasha match. I just kind of looking into my crystal ball and think like <laughs> Vince. You know, we can see a match where uh, Sasha wins because obviously she's going to need momentum right. going against the champ. And maybe she does a vicious beat down and then Becky comes out to save Natalia, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to stand tall. And, and that's how they really, you know, set that up. What other moments stood out to you during Raw this week? Um, well, let's talk about a moment that didn't happen. Okay. Um, I don't know. Actually, that did happen, I should say, because I'm, I'm getting my episodes uh, mixed up. You know, a lot has happened in the last two weeks, um, and then certainly we're going to touch on some of these points. Um, but, you know, the, the, the Fiend. Yeah, you know, I thought it was interesting that they brought him in with Jerry the King Lawler. A lot of people online don't like Jerry the King because he's objectified women for all of his WWE career. So they were wondering, you know, why is he involved with Sasha? Why couldn't it have been Alexa Bliss, who we know Sasha and Alexis have had a quite rocky past. Mm-hmm. So that would have been interesting to see. But they brought in Jerry the King. And quite honestly, I'm kind of glad that they got Bray Wyatt involved because a lot of people thought that he was going to be involved with the Rey Mysterio announcement that was going on that night. Ah, yes. And, you know, that would have made perfect sense. But when I start to think about he's kind of on this uh not to do uh, gimmick infringement, but he's been on this legend killer yeah. type thing, you know, with Kurt Angle um, and now Jared King Lawler. And Mick Foley. And Mick Foley. And it's interesting he's using the mandible claw right. as, as a finisher, which I'm sure that Foley blessed, you know, blessed Bray Wyatt with that. Mm-hmm. But it, it's I thought it was funny where, you know, the king is standing there. He's like, well, I know what's going to happen. Let me <laughs> let me get out of this ring. And he, in the words of our truth he got got. Um, you know, so we never got that. Uh, King's Court, you know, segment with with Sasha, which is fine. I mean, listen. Apparently, all you have to do to get a talk show in this in in the wrestling business is be a wrestler. I mean, how <laughs> many number one rated talk show segments do they have? You know, the Miz has the Miz uh, is the only one that matters. Uh, the Miz. Okay, what about a moment a moment of bliss? I'm not a fan of the moment of bliss. No, not with the coffee. No. Ah, oh, good old Alexa. But it, and it looks like to me what they're trying to do with Bray Wyatt and the Fiend mm-hmm. is make him like a special attraction type. Yeah, similar to what the what the Undertaker uh, was, and, and kind of keep that mystique. Like you never know when he's going to strike. Right. I read online that they want to tone him down a little because they think that the kids are going to be scared. Parents aren't going to want their kids watching it but a lot of people are saying f the kids right because it's wrestling you know you have these characters that are mysterious like the undertaker the undertaker didn't have like that scary effect in my opinion he was more just like spooky but bray wyatt he scares me right and well i I can see what people are are thinking from a business standpoint Mm -hmm. they are still technically pg right they have stakeholders and stocks stockholders that they have to report to i don't think his character is not it's not like you know pg-13 he's not doing anything no that suggestive it's just a little bit scary no but the firefly funhouse aspect of it comes off as pg yeah it comes off as pg but then it's creepy i think it's i mean personally you know um I, i look at the character as a mix of um the fiend character as a mix of like you know it you, mm-hmm. you know, Pennywise, the, the clown, just kind of like his mannerisms and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then there's some other some other personalities that I think he probably incorporated into that. Right. That can make it very creepy. I mean, I, when I saw that entrance at SummerSlam, I'm like, this is amazing. And you can tell Vince had nothing to do with yep. it because it was amazing. And I think you probably saw the video of him talking about 
the fiend years ago yeah so it's kind of been like accumulating yeah. for years but he didn't get the opportunity until now yeah um for for those out there uh check it out um it's um i forgot the exact title of it but if you go on youtube bray wyatt in 2015 or 2016 is talking about a ghost story about a man in the woods and he's totally in character not breaking kayfabe or anything like that but he's he's making a uh, mention of seeing a man who's seven feet tall with uh, yellow hair and cat-like eyes wearing a mask so it looks like bray wyatt has been planting the seeds for years mm-hmm. with this fiend character so uh, check it out if you guys can again it's on youtube bray wyatt uh, the man in the woods i believe we have a little bit of spooky stuff going on on SmackDown too. With Roman Reigns getting attacked every other week. Yeah, we've Who already. Done it? You know exactly. We Who know Samoa Joe supposedly has nothing to do with it, <laughs> which I think that Samoa Joe didn't do it. Right. But we thought Daniel Bryan, maybe Rowan, yeah. and then this week we saw it wasn't Luke Harper that I had predicted. Yeah, it was fake Rowan. Yeah. Or some guy. Big Show. I don't know who that guy was. <laughs> I have a theory on this. Okay. I still think it's Daniel Bryan. I think it's going to come out that Daniel Bryan maybe paid this guy off to hmm. take the fall. You know? We've well, I mean, you know, I had mentioned last week that I thought it was Luke Harper because he would fit, like, this whole scenario. And, you know, he's still in his contract. Yeah. They've held him down for months now. Maybe this is something that will get him in the main event spotlight. You know, you have Roman Reigns, who is a huge moneymaker. Yeah. And you bring Luke Harper in. I think people would be interested to watch to see where it goes, and especially if Daniel Bryan is involved as well. Yeah, and, you know, that's an interesting point because they are trying to match Roman up now as now that he's on SmackDown and as they move towards the, the Fox deal in the fall and everything else, you know, they're, they're trying to freshen up Roman's character. If you mm-hmm. notice, he really hasn't been in the title picture. Right. Right. Um, I'm, I'm sure eventually he'll get there. But he had a great match with Buddy Murphy. Yes. Uh, and, and so it looks like Buddy Murphy is going to be maybe that breakout star, like how Ali was. Right. And then, and then how Kofi was. So you, you never know uh, what's going to happen. But. I, I think um, I'm not sure of the of the Luke Harper thing. I really think they're gonna move towards a high profile feud because mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan needs one. He hasn't, I did say that. He yeah. hasn't had one since he lost the belt. He got into the tag team with with, uh, with uh, Rowan, Rowan, and now they're pretty much done with that. It looks like we had the rumors that he was gonna go to 205 Live. Yeah. Remember. Uh, but I don't really see that. I see that the big reveal is going to be, uh, it was me, Roman. It was mm-hmm. me all along. You know, how many whodunits have we have we had? If you right. guys remember, we had who ran over Stone Cold and Rikishi was like, I did it for the rock. I did it for the people. <laughs> you know, and then uh, when Shawn Michaels, my favorite wrestler of all time, by the way, you know, when he made his miraculous comeback in 2002 and Triple H was the one, he was like, oh, Sean, the video camera's grainy. Can we see what it was? And he was like, it was you, Hunter. He was like, it was me, Sean. You know, so we always talk about wrestling uh, going in cycles and they reuse storylines. So um, don't be fooled by fake Rowan. Yeah. I, it was Daniel Bryan. <laughs> they're going to and then they're going to have a, a match. But. Um, I think this is all to, number one, give Daniel Bryan a fresh feud. Number two, give Roman Reigns a fresh feud. But also, he is the face of the company. Right. Um, regardless of who holds that title. Um, he's on the, the cover of the of the game with the man. So I think he's going to be the face of SmackDown. So he needs that high-profile feud. 
And don't be surprised if he wins that belt either by years in or he has a WrestleMania moment because you have to complete the comeback, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the leukemia comeback. That's still the narrative, you know, and that's going to create the WrestleMania moment if he wins that belt at WrestleMania. Really? Yep. Do you see him turning heel? Do you see Kofi staying face? Like, how do you see it going? I, I mean, Kofi, he's still on top. I watched his 24 the other day on the yeah. network, and it was absolutely amazing. Yeah. And I don't see him losing the title anytime soon. I feel like he has that storyline that a lot of people connect with, especially African-American people, you know, to struggle and be in a spot for so long and then finally gain the title that he wanted. I feel like they would get a negative reaction if Kofi lost the title. Well, it depends on who beats him, right? It, it really depends on you have to build up the proper heel um, to take the belt off of him. I don't think it's going to – a lot of people feel like if Orton does it, then here we go again with Orton. Right. But you have to have the proper heel, and I don't know who that proper heel is. Is it someone like a Drew Galloway, Drew McIntyre, whatever he's calling himself this week. If you remember in wrestling, his real name is Drew Galloway, so we'll call him McIntyre, the chosen one, if you will. But I think it'll be Brock Lesnar. Oh, no. Yeah. <sighs> we see how Brock Lesnar is with these titles. People don't like Brock Lesnar as, as a championship holder because he's so infrequent. That's true, but... But with the Fox deal, with the, it would make sense. With the Fox deal and the, t- the caliber of action that they're looking for, mm-hmm. it makes sense. As we approach the 20th uh, anniversary of SmackDown, it makes sense because Brock Lesnar was a mainstay on the SmackDown brand right. you know, in the fall. And there's fresh blood that he can feud with on SmackDown. Not, you know, he had that teaser match at SummerSlam with Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. He hasn't fought for the SmackDown title. He's been on Raw pretty much since he's come back. So I think that'll be pretty interesting to see Brock Lesnar. Um, but do the fans want to see Lesnar versus Reigns for the title no. once again? No, they don't. But, but... This is Vince we're talking about, people. What about a Big E heel turn? I've been talking about that for a while now. I think a lot of people kind of put it in the back of their mind once, you know, Kofi really started gaining momentum that it probably wouldn't happen anymore. Mm -hmm. But I still feel like it could happen. Uh, Well, they have the belts, though. They could lose the belts. I mean. Well, they could. I I think they would have to lose the belts um, and they would have to feel like it's all about, you know, that's the narrative. You know, we protected you, Kofi. You know, it was all about the brotherhood, but it then became about Kofi mania. You know, you could write it that way, but we've been kind of saying it. It was going to happen for months and months. And then it didn't. And it didn't happen. So it's something in theory that still could happen. Yeah. But I don't see Big E having a run with the belt because then what do you do with Xavier Woods? You know? You're right. What Does he go to 205 Live? As he, as you would say, is he back in catering? Uh, when we look at SmackDown, though, and honestly, I felt a little let down, though, that they went a fake Rowan route. But then I thought about the possibilities because sometimes you just ha- we have to be patient. I, I think as wrestling fans and uh, spectators of sports entertainment, if you will, we want an ist- instant gratification. Mm-hmm. But sometimes there's the long-term payoff with the, with the buildup. So let's see where they take us on this one. But if that was the payoff, if that was it, then th- that's... Let down. No, the, oh, yeah, that's a definite letdown. NXT this week. Oh, NXT. The only reason why I have the network, by the oh. way. 
<laughs> uh, no, seriously. Um, NXT is a is a great brand, and um, you know there were some some interesting moments. Uh, come, and we were talking about it a little bit before we got on air. But uh, I'm a huge Velveteen Dream fan, and so anytime the Dream comes out on that couch, <laughs> you know some magic is gonna happen. And so um, you know. Coming off of, you know, the, the takeover pay-per-view where Adam Cole and Undisputed Era come out and Adam Cole talks about he did what he said he was going to do. And that was a great match. 50 plus minutes. Yep. You know, him and Gargano and what's called, uh, they didn't call it this, but if you remember, this was termed the three stages of hell match. Right. Um, that happened, uh, let's see, in 2003. Three, I believe, between Shawn Michaels and Triple H. And I believe Triple H and Stone Cold also had one in early 2001. But the, th- the three stages of Hell match, they did a great job. The storytelling, the pacing of it, uh, two of not just NXT, NXT's best, but WWE's best. And so, of course, Adam Cole, I did what I said I was going to do. Uh, are we going to get another Bay Bay Championship Celebration Tour? I don't know. And then, of course, the rest of the Undisputed Era not having the gold right. and blaming William Regal for that and wanting William Regal to make it right. But then the dream comes out uh, following uh, the match, uh, Shane Thorne, and I forget whoever else wrestled. And he comes out and he cuts a promo um, directed at Roderick Strong. Now, Roderick Strong was nowhere around. He basically took the spotlight, because that's what the dream does, to issue uh, his challenge to Roderick Strong, but told Roderick Strong, you need to come better and you need to impress the dream. Otherwise, dream over. Do you feel like the Undisputed Era is going to end up breaking up over this? Because I had a theory last week that they either all need to win the gold or they're going to end up breaking up. Yeah, and if you, some similarities between uh, Undisputed Era and New Day in that sense, right? When mm-hmm. you talk, we just talked about the big E heel turn. You you kind of think, and I thought they planted seeds of it a little bit uh, earlier this year with Roderick Strong and, That's what, and yeah. remember and Matt Riddle. Um, but yes, I think at some point they will hold all the gold because it, they have to fulfill that Undisputed prophecy. As the it, Undisputed NXT. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, there is the chance at some point that they will get called up. And to me, right. Undisputed Era, like you can't, you know, it was like with Sanity, right? Remember when they called up Sanity and then they broke them up and it just didn't make it's sense? It's terrible now. Yeah. I mean, Eric Young is in catering. Nikki Cross is the only one that's really doing anything. Yeah. Which is kind of shocking because she wasn't called up at the same time they were. Yeah. And this nice Nikki Cross, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I don't it. trust it. I like my deranged twisted sister Nikki Cross now this Nikki Cross is all glammed up and everything she's got her hair all done makeup mm, something is just not right yeah we'll see going back Undisputed Era only works if you bring them all up together and then you can decide what to do because we all know how Vince kind of perceives quote unquote smaller guys and the indie guys yeah you know and all of these guys come from Ring of Honor you know, uh, PWG and, you know, some other places before coming to NXT. Three out of the four were Ring of Honor uh, World Heavyweight Champions, Mm -hmm. Adam Cole being a three-time champion. You know, and Vince kind of views those folks as being, quote-unquote, lower um, than, you know, the homegrown kind of bigger guys. To me, they got to have that opportunistic pack mentality 
mm-hmm. uh, of like kind of running the place. Like the shield. Like, uh, that's what I think of. Yeah. I feel like that's really the only way they're going to be able to be brought up at yeah. this point. Yeah. They have to stick together. And then if you want to down the line um, split them up, then you can do that. Um, you know, me and, and, and my, my group, the WrestleManiacs, shout out to the WrestleManiacs, by the way, a group of super fans. We often talk about some sort of fantasy bookings. Like if you broke up Undisputed Era or if you did like an NXT versus Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT um, UK sort of winner take all, like how they do Survivor Series, right. like brand versus brands, like what are some of the matches, you know, and one of the matches I thought about would be really cool is just from a stylistic standpoint is like Kyle O'Reilly versus Daniel Bryan. You know, I have been thinking about Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish as a team. Yeah. Like I haven't really thought about them on their own. Yeah. I think it would be a good match, but I haven't really thought about the two separated. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people haven't. Well, I mean, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, um, you know, collectively known before NXT when they were in Ring of Honor and also New Japan Pro Wrestling, you know, Red Dragon, mm-hmm. you know, so they they are very um, much a team. Yeah. You know, they were separate as well. Kyle O'Reilly being a uh, Ring of Honor world champ and then Bobby Fish being a Ring of Honor television champ, I believe. So they've had single success, but they've also had a lot more tag team success, right. you know, coming t- into NXT. Uh, Roderick Strong with the single success, Adam Cole with the single success. So they can operate separately, mm-hmm. but again, it depends on the booking and how Vince perceives them. Because otherwise, they'll just be jobbing, and um, you know they'll, we don't want that. We don't want them jobbing to no way, Jose. Right? So we we can't have that. Let's get into our word on the street. It was announced this week. Well, actually, it leaked uh-huh. that NXT is going to be on USA, which is a huge deal. A lot of people have been speculating this for a while now. They thought NXT would be on FS1, but it ended up going to USA, which is huge. Oh, oh, very much so. And they're going to be facing off against AEW's weekly television show, which a lot of people, I say this every week, they think it's going to be a war now since they're both on the same day. And how do you feel about it? Well, to me, it goes to show that even though Raw and SmackDown are the big two, uh, someone in WWE, whether it's Vince or Triple H, um, feels that their best match against AEW as far as a wrestling standpoint is NXT. So, uh, you know, taking NXT to primetime and also going for two hours, there are a lot of folks who say, hey, listen, this is interesting. Uh, this is shots fired or whatnot. But then there's other people that feel like the NXT brand will actually suffer from it, you know, going to two hours because now you're going to, number one, have to fill an extra hour of content. Uh, NXT right now on the network is taped in advance. Right. But if they're going live, there's a lot of those performers out there that aren't used to going live. Yeah. You know, and then uh, now you're going to see more of the champions because I think the one thing that NXT does really well is they don't really overexpose the champions. Sometimes when they're trying to build up someone, they will have them on consecutive uh, tapings until they reach a certain level and then you don't see them as much. Like, you don't see Shayna Baszler every single week. You don't see Adam Cole every single week. You don't see Velveteen Dream every single week. And I think that works to NXT's, NXT's benefit because they're constantly trying to introduce you to, to the new stars. So will we start seeing a format similar to Raw or, or even early SmackDown? I don't know. But then a lot of people also think that it's the end of NXT because once it goes to network, then Vince is going to get his hands on it. 
I feel like Triple H won't let that happen. Linux T is literally his baby. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I feel like a lot of people think that's going to happen. Like, they're dreading it, especially with Velveteen Dream. Yeah. Because people have been dreading that for a really long time, him getting moved up. A lot of people thought he was getting moved up sooner yeah, get rather ready, than later. Get ready for that name change. Yeah. <laughs> that, so <laughs> he'll, he'll be Velveteen Dream one week, then he'll be Dream, Dream Velvet, <laughs> and then he'll be the, the purple guy, and then just purple or something. Fifle.com said that WWE will make a minimum of $50 million per year in rights fees with NXT moving to the USA Network. Wow. $50 million. And does that mean an extra boost for the NXT superstars? I hope so. That are extra green in them pockets. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but one of the Young Bucks retweeted mm-hmm. a picture of NXT's whole move and said, you know, we're not scared. Yep. I'm getting a little bit tired of this. You know, they say it isn't a war, but then they tweet stuff like this and do little moves like that. And then we think, okay, maybe it is a war. Like, why would you say that as in like, you know, we're not scared. We got this type thing. Well, I think because AEW has always maintained that they're not trying to compete with WWE. I mean, they were on Wednesdays, right? Right. And they're on a, they're on a night where number one, there's no raw, there's no SmackDown. NXT is taped just, you know, like I previously mentioned. So you really don't have to worry about, about that. So they felt like Wednesday was kind of like the safe night. We've already seen from SmackDown that Friday nights tend to not work or, or whatnot. So Wednesdays felt like the right time for them to do their show. And they've always said, we're the alternative. They always said that more wrestling is good for everyone, which is true. It's good for the fans. I can't remember a time since I've started watching wrestling where we've had so much great wrestling right. all at once. You know, we, ha- we now have AEW. Uh, WWE is trying to step up their game a little bit with the recent appointments of uh, Heyman and Bischoff. You know, we have Evolve. We have MLW, you know, which if, if you haven't checked out MLW, check it out. The New Heart Foundation's on there. Austin Aries is on there. Uh, Low Key is on there. So there's some great talent on MLW. And then, of course, New Japan Pro Wrestling just wrapping up to G1. So there's so much wrestling content out there that it is great for fans. And then what does WWE do? Yeah, we knew that they were going to make the move eventually. But what is it? they actually made a reactionary move to move on AEW's night. So I think that's why the Young Bucks responded. They're saying they're not scared, um, not because it's a war, um, but because Vince now sees them as competition. And I think that's written all over the walls. And the Young Bucks are just saying, we're going to do our thing, but everything that WWE is doing is reacting to what AEW has announced. That's just my opinion. Speaking of WWE stepping up their game, it was announced this week that WWE and Endeavor Audio are creating a podcast network for their WWE superstars. So, mm-hmm. Will we see Haley and Lowe on those podcasts? Let's hope so. Maybe. (laughs) There's not a lot of details regarding, you know, the content and when the network will launch. But they're saying that they want to incorporate their WWE superstars. And I saw that. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Russell Rapp. They're going to be involved with this somehow. It has a huge following. So will 123Pins of 123Pins, which is wrestling and uh, WWE-related pins, had said something yesterday on Twitter that I thought was really interesting. He said, given WWE's 
proclivity to stomp on anything fan-created. Anybody else a little worried they might come after independent wrestling podcasts that break down WWE product? Might be a little far-fetched, but I'm curious. Hmm. I mean, it makes me a little bit nervous. Obviously, this is a wrestling podcast. We talk about WWE. I mean, you have freedom of speech. You're able to talk about this stuff. I went through the comments that people were sending to him, and I thought they were interesting. A lot of people were saying that they can't do that. A lot of people were saying that they're trying to be like Disney in the way that they're trying to just get everything that they can. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that just wouldn't be a really good move for them. I think it's great that they're doing, you know, a podcast network. They're trying to expand any way they can. Endeavor Media is also the people that produce the Bellas podcast. So they already have that working relationship with them. Uh I don't really know how to feel about it. Are they going to put Renee Young on there? Are they going to put Zack Ryder on there, the people that already have podcasts? Or... Yeah, that'll be interesting to see if they try to fold in the existing talent. Well, Renee's show doesn't have anything really to do with wrestling. I mean, she's had Sami Zayn, she's had Dean on there, or John, but it's not really wrestling related. And I remember she brought that up before. She said, you know, I wanted something where it was what I want to talk about. It's me. It's not WWE related. Yeah, but if they uh, write that check... Mm. Money talks. Yeah. You know, so uh, that that's, uh, you know, pretty interesting. And, you know, another thing to be interesting is if they start giving these wrestlers a voice, will they be in character or will they, you know, kind of be more than their real selves, you know, giving their opinions? Because we we've kind of seen how that how that works. Right. With we, Charlotte Flair. Yeah. She's been like that recently. Yeah. You know, with, with Charlotte, you know, if, if you even go back to, you know, Moxley, you know, explaining his piece. You know, so and and, a, and some other folks coming after that. Could it be a, another way for them to maybe corner the the podcast market and really expand because it's it's sports entertainment. You know, so anything you know, music, movies, podcasts, you know, and, and digital content really co- kind of goes under that. So it'd be interesting to see what happens after this whole deal and uh, and all these moves that they're making too. Some might feel that they're trying to saturate the market again. We'll just see how it turns out. Another interesting news topic that Dre just brought up is that Becky and Seth are engaged, which blew up the internet yesterday. I didn't even know how to feel about it. A lot of people were like, who's going to cheat first, which is so terrible. Wow. Because Seth has has a history. We've seen him. We've seen him online, if you know what I mean. The dream has no memory of that. I mean, congratulations to them. I feel like a lot of people online are really negative about stuff sometimes. They've been together from what we know a couple months. But I watched, I was on a binge watch the other day. I was watching Seth's special that he has on the network. And he explained, like, you know, we've been friends for a really long time. But we've been together longer than a lot of people know. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's not really fair for the fans to really be like, well, why'd you rush into it? Because you really don't know how long they've been together. Yeah. The man and the man's man. The man, yes. Down I, the aisle. Yeah, what, what did I say? I, I now pronounce you man and man's man. Listen, congratulations to them. You know, I'm going to say that. And I think a lot of the backlash is us not separating uh, real life from Absolutely. what we saw on, t- on TV. You know, because what we saw on TV was, number one, it was, yes, they are together in real life. They are? Obviously. Wow. I know, right? Yeah. You know, I don't know if you knew this, you know, but every 10 minutes, you know, we were reminded. And I remember watching that whole thing, and I'm like, man, Becky Lynch looks really uncomfortable. Not that she didn't love or have any affection towards Seth Rollins, you know, but it looked on camera, it looked very uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure the both of them are relieved that, 
um, the storyline of them being together is, is kind of over. Like right. I said, it ended after Extreme Rules. They've kind of gone their separate ways. Celt's got his belt. The man's got her belt. And she they both have to defend them. So will we see the engagement used as a storyline? Uh, WWE already reposted it. So, right. So, they, I mean, obviously, they, they have to, right? Because they've, they've acknowledged it before. So, of course, they're going to repost it. So, we'll see if it's used as a storyline. But going back, we have to separate reality from what we saw on TV. They were a couple before the storyline. Um, they seem very happy. Like, if you look at the photos and the moments, they look very much like a, a actual, you know, quote unquote, real couple. Right. You know, and, and that's cool for them, you know. And, and so they just happen to be two of the, the top superstars in the game. So, of course, a lot of that backlash and, and things are going to, you know, come towards them. But I say, listen, fans, we're all fans. We talk about, you know, we all have our opinions and everything. And everyone is certainly entitled to theirs. But let's just keep it in the context of real life versus the storyline. Wish them congratulations. Yes, Seth has, you know, had his past, you know, or, or whatnot. But obviously, Becky is very happy with him. Right. Make- I think, you know, a lot of people are worried about it being like, Nikki Bella and John Cena. Oh. I think that's what a lot of people are worried about. We saw the whole engagement uh. with John Cena and Nikki Bella. Nikki Bella was damn near pleading John Cena to marry her. Yeah. And then we saw how crazy it was on Total Bellas. And then when they ended up breaking up, it was like it was all over the news. I feel like a lot of fans are, were really invested in that. And they saw how that went, and that's how they're treating this relationship as well. Because we're seeing them in the ring. We're seeing them outside of the ring. Like you said, they aren't separating it. But there was a stark difference. Number one, the reality TV aspect of it. We all know that if you remember watching some of those episodes, those were cringe. Like John Cena with his rules and Nikki Bella. The contract. The contract and everything. Like You can tell there was something not off about that. And she's had the reputation of dating within the industry. She was dating Dolph Ziggler before that, right? When I look at Becky Lynch and I look at Seth Rollins, they seem like a genuine couple, Mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, I'm going to break kayfabe here. You know, you got Kobe Lopez and Rebecca Quinn. You know, to me, that's who is together. That's who's getting married. They kind of do their thing. And, And honestly... We didn't even know they were together, right? It wasn't like they made this big thing of them being Twitter together. Twitter knew they were together. Yeah. I saw stuff way before the whole Hall of Fame thing because that's when they really, like, started. That's when people saw them together. They were like, oh, they're together. But people were saying months before they knew they were together, but it wasn't a relationship. Yeah. It was more just, like, you know, you know Hanging out yeah. or, you know, are they or aren't they? But it wasn't, like, the big proposal in the middle of the ring with the hair blowing to create that WrestleMania moment you know, with uh, John Cena and everything. I I think just because they were overexposed for the last four months Mm -hmm. with the relationship being part of the storyline and Michael Cole reminding us every five minutes that they're a couple and then the whole man's man t-shirt, I think that is what everyone's like, ugh, you know. But, again, congratulations to them. I personally see the two as separate um, you know, let's just wish them, you know, happiness because obviously everyone deserves to be happy. They need wine. We should give them wine. Yeah, you go ahead and do that. I'm going to sip my juice box. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Wrestling Wine Down. You can find all of our other episodes available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and wherever else you listen to your podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at WWDCast. That is at WWDCAST. Let us know what you thought about the episode. What was your 
favorite part. We upload episodes every Saturday. Until next time, enjoy your wine and, of course, enjoy your wrestling. Cheers! Cheers.